2022, a crack writing duo was sent to prison for podcasting crimes that they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security prison to the Austin Underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as Game Masters of Fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find their website, maybe you can hire Retro Arcana. We join our hosts now as they enter the elevator at the Top Secret Podcast Bunker. Jeff? What are you doing hiding in the elevator? Dude, I'm not hiding. Did you know this thing has a DVD player? Oh, and a microwave. Popcorn? In the elevator? Well, I mean, you know, we bought the super secret podcast bunker at a government auction, and so it had all these things that were installed, you know, at our taxpayer expense. Look, there's a mini fridge. Where was all this stuff when I was stuck here waiting for you? I mean, all you had to do was push this button right here. All right. What are you putting into the uh, the DVD player? Well, I figured since DVD is like apparently this old and decrepit technology that I'm going to watch something from way back. This is my Max Headroom DVD box set from the 1987 sci-fi series. Well, cyberpunk series. Let's be honest. Oh, no. Yeah, I've got that box set, too. It's really cool. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know me. I like my cyberpunk 20 minutes into the future of 1987. So yeah, here I am. I'm on I'm on episode three already, man. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it had some really cool characters in there. I'm a big fan of Blink Reg. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, Morgan Shepard, like he's a sci-fi legend. That I he mean, is. He's so legendary. Even his kid is in everything. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, yeah, I'm watching Max Headroom. Uh, did you bring anything to read on the way down? Yeah, actually. I'm reading Neuromancer by William Gibson. Whoa! Speaking of cyberpunk, wow, I just realized we both have cyberpunk-related things. That is entirely too coincidental. And Neuromancer, man, that's like the seminal piece of cyberpunk fiction. It is. I mean, Gibson got his start writing uh, kind of proto-cyberpunk in Omni Magazine and then with short selection of stories in uh, Burning Chrome, where he introduced his character Molly Millions in the, uh, the short story Johnny Mnemonic, which was made into a movie. Starring Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Whoa. But yeah, I mean, it hits a lot of the classic tropes of cyberpunk. Uh, you've got a giant sprawl city called Chiba City. Um, it introduced uh, console jockeys, uh, the 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 hackers of the realm, Razor Girl, which was Molly, and it did a lot with uh, AIs, uh, specifically the two AIs, Winter Mute, and one the book is named after Neuromancer. Wow. Well, you know, neither of them can hold a candle to Chat GPT, right? I mean, well. That might, that might have to be an episode in and of itself. It, it might have to be. Oh, wow, look at the floor counter. Speaking of Keanu, if you're really us, what subterranean level are we getting close to right now? Uh, I do believe that's the podcast studio. Oh. Yeah, it is. All right, well, let's get in there and record a podcast. What are we going to talk about today? 
I got an idea. Huh. Okay. Let's get started. Now in the secret podcast bunker, our heroes begin the Retro Arcana Podcast. Welcome to the Retro Arcana Podcast. We're back at the secret podcast bunker located deep below Codan's Pizza. The inspiration for the location of Pizza Panzer Number 1 in our upcoming RPG, Pizza Panzer Adventures. Tonight, we're going to talk about the upcoming RPG and how the idea came to be and what we hope to accomplish with our game design. I'll be honest. Pizza Panzer began life as a throwaway line in a Shadowrun campaign. The campaign was designed to focus on a group of PCs who were not initially Shadowrunners. Using the music rules from Shadowbeat, the PCs were working schlubs who form a band and are trying to make it in the Seattle music scene. So they all had to have day jobs. One of them was a driver for a pizza company. And he asked for the name and I offhandedly said, uh, Pizza Panzer. From there, we started crafting a whole mythos surrounding this company. How they're considered neutral by most gangs, because the Panzer can embargo your turf. How rich folks sometimes throw street-themed parties where they order Pizza Panzer, then take selfies with the delivery crew in their armored delivery vehicle. It kind of took on a life of its own. Years later, I was deciding on games to run at North Texas RPG Con, which is a convention founded to celebrate old-school games, and I decided to run Shadowrun 1st Edition and make the scenario a Pizza Panzer crew going about a Friday's night's work. From there, it just took off. Now, I played in both games. The original Shadowbeat game with the day jobs and the Pizza Panzer con game that Jeff ran at North Texas. The concept really kind of struck home for all the people playing the games. I don't know if it was just the fact that it was Shadowrun or the novel concept of, oh, well, we're not hired mercenaries, we're pizza delivery drivers that really sold the game. But there was something magical about it that people liked. So I continued to run it every year at North Texas till the pandemic started, and I even ran it at a couple of conventions here in Austin, ChupacabraCon. And just like Bobby said, it was really popular with the people that played it. It was a novel concept, but it still took place in that fantasy cyberpunk world. We had originally wanted to do Pizza Panzer Adventures as a Shadowrun retro clone, but Catalyst has no open license. And the recent discussions of the OGL and game rule legalities led us to realize what many lawyers were saying on blogs, live streams, and videos. While game rules cannot be copyrighted, so making a clone of the game should be okay. This has never been tested in court with the same complexity as a role-playing game. Seeing as Retro Arcana is a brand new company, we didn't want to take the risk of cheesing off Catalyst, or worse, their parent company, Tops. So we had to decide what sort of system to use to do Pizza Panzer. Jeff and I put our heads together, and we decided on Everyday Heroes. Evil Genius Games had put out a uh, a call for third-party products for their game. Now, we read and reviewed Everyday Heroes back in Episode 3, and we both loved it. It carried on the legacy of D20 Modern, which was a great game that both of us had used to run all sorts of adventures. 
in the 3.x era. It seems like a fun engine for the high action type of feel and adventures evident in the Pizza Panzer games we've run at conventions and for our friends. So Pizza Panzer, as it has been run, is firmly 20 minutes into the future of 1987. What does that mean? By that, I mean it drips classic 80s cyberpunk influenced heavily by things like Max Headroom, Blade Runner, Neuromancer, Bubblegum Crisis, and of course the tropes from OG Cyberpunk 2013, 2020, and Shadowrun, especially the first and second editions. While some of these tropes have aged poorly, for example, the treatment of ethnicities such as Japanophobia and early Shadowrun's Hollywood Native Americans, the synth pop televisions everywhere mtv with virtual reality feel of the period's idea of cyberpunk is at the heart of the world in which i've always run pizza panzer i play a lot of omd duran duran information society and the like as background music and things like the bubblegum crisis soundtrack and tracks like journey's separate ways worlds apart and cindy lopper's change of heart set the feel for me Look up the music videos for Konyawa Hurricane on YouTube and the tracks I just mentioned, and you'll get the idea. Technology has evolved in unexpected ways since those original cyberpunk tropes. Watch the pilot episode of Max Headroom and you'll see CRT televisions, intentionally retro computer keyboards, and some extremely primitive computer graphics. But also there is a dingy, dystopian, bread-and-circuses world of corporate-controlled America in which an armored pizza delivery company wouldn't go amiss. So in Pizza Panzer Adventures, you'll see a lot of retro tech, technology that didn't quite develop in the same way. Some things are beyond what we can do now, and others are super high-tech for the 80s. The controller giving your Pizza Panzer van its delivery orders and routing them around traffic is going to is doing so from a softly glowing four or aspect four three monitor, while clacking away at a mechanical keyboard, trying not to knock over her pop top can of Jolt Cola. As is a staple of the cyberpunk genre, brand names will be an integral part of the gear your character sport in Pizza Panzer. Basic equipment will be modified by the manufacturer of that equipment. Your hacker might choose a Commodore hacking rig because it does everything a more expensive rig does for a more reasonable cost. Or they might opt for an Altair for the greater expansion options or the expensive Xerox business model for its faster data transmission speeds and bonus to network security. Brand matters in Pizza Panzer Adventures, and we hope these details will make the world that much more immersive for players. The Pizza Panzer world is also one in which the Cold War never quite ended. The Soviet Union has somehow managed to hang on, and the need for the military to have so many troops abroad facing down the other side has created immense freedom for corporations to take the burden off the federal, state, and local jurisdictions by providing their own private law enforcement to protect company interests so that money can be siphoned off to the ever-increasing defense budget. Local cops avoid the areas that are dangerous or don't provide a supporting tax base. And of course, those same areas are untouched by corporate Leos who stick to their company's negotiated business towers and private residence blocks. It's also into these lawless zones overrun with gang activity and vice that Pizza Panzer ventures, doing businesses or doing business where others fear to tread. Hey. Crime lords crave deep dish pepperoni at 3 a.m. too. 
Everyday Heroes does not natively support species other than human. As we explained in the review of the game, the designers took the mechanical benefits from species and subspecies from 5e and adjusted how a player receives those bonuses. Since multi-species is core to the concept of Pizza Panzer Adventures, we're adding that back in, but with a slight twist. In 5e, species always provided a stat bump and skill and equipment proficiencies as well as languages, and sometimes some special effects like dark vision or low light vision. All of this was balanced against a human character receiving a feat of their choice. Everyday heroes, both rightly and correctly in my estimation, took the mechanical stat bumps from species and put them into background care or into character background. It makes more sense that lumberjacks are going to be a little stronger and have wilderness survival instead of just saying that all orcs have are stronger and have wilderness survival. So to do what we're envisioning, humans will once again receive a basic or minor advanced feat of their choice. Species will end up with an equivalent amount of build points towards certain things that they trend towards. Doing it this way will create a minimal disruption to the way characters are designed in the core book, while still adding the flavor we want for the game. The spell slinging in Pizza Panzer is going to feature a dichotomy of basic philosophies of the, of the manipulation of energies. Much like the difference between, say, a wizard casting and a druid casting in Dungeons & Dragons, our setting will feature natural and arcane magics, each of which has variations within it. Natural magic is practiced in concert with the forces being manipulated. The caster is harmonizing with the inherent flow of the energies they're calling upon, and those energies will be more likely to answer if what the caster is asking them to do is within their nature. Some expressions of this would be in line with the general RPG concept of a druid, or a caster from a culture that reveres nature, or the elements, or even ancestor worship. Spirits summoned to assist the character would also be asked to serve rather than commanded, and would need to align to the requests and moral outlook of the summoner. Arcane magic is similar to what we envision as stereotypical wizard magic, where magic is formula and spell books, sheer will and command over the supernatural forces. Magic is a science of sorts. If one performs this incantation, this effect will occur without fail. Mis mispronounce a word or flub a gesture, and no matter what your earnest intent, the spell will go awry. For those who have the will and the skill, magic can be twisted, molded, and commanded into shape. Summoned spirits carry out commands because they are bound to do so, must do so, or else. We're looking at doing away with Vancey and magic for Pizza Panzer Adventures, which is going to create its own challenges. Everyday Heroes' roots are in 5e. A lot of people who are going to play Pizza Panzer Adventures are coming from 5e. We'll need to create something that is instantly recognizable to them without the inherent limitations that Vancey and magic brings to the table. Pizza Panzer Adventures is also going to have cyberware, and that's going to have the potential to amp up the characters in various and interesting ways. Like other games in the genre, however, there is a limit to how much cyber a person can pack on them before they begin to suffer the consequences. Traditionally, those consequences were of a mental nature, some kind of psychosis, but we don't really want to perpetuate the stigmas against mental health. 
What consequences there are will take some more exploring as we write. Naturally, there's a tendency for us to think magic and cyber don't mix, as is evident not only in other RPGs, but also in novels, novels and films like the Dresden Files series where mages will actively cause technological devices to fail in their presence. This might be an intuitive enough genre trope that will keep it around in some form. It just feels right. So we're going to wrap all of this up in a single supplement for everyday heroes and you're basically going to get the pizza panzer experience filtered through several years of running pizza panzer under a different game and breaking it off and saying how would we do it if we weren't running it under this other game what would pizza panzer be if we were free to make it whatever we wanted what elements will we keep what elements will we let fall aside and how will we craft it to run just the way Bobby and I want it to run in our heads. And I think the flexibility of everyday heroes is going to give us the room we need to make that happen. Thank you very much for listening to tonight's Retro Arcana podcast. If you like this content and you want to see more, put Retro Arcana in your GM's toolkit by hitting the subscribe button. You can also reach out to us at our website, www.retroarcana.com, or hit us up on Twitter, at Retro Arcana. I'm Jeff. And I'm Bobby. And may your dice roll high. Unless you're playing GURPS.